0: Hello, and welcome to the Hot Rod Bible Study, where tonight we begin our study in the book of Titus, which comes right after 2 Timothy. So if you'd like to open your Bible to that. Uh, But before we begin, I have to announce that the Southern California hot rodding community lost one of its own this this past week, week ago tonight, as a matter of fact. Uh, A good friend of mine, Tim Farmer, Tim was well-known in the Redlands area, uh, also a big supporter of the Hot Rod Bible Study. So uh, there will be a service for Tim coming on the 29th of this month, which is a Thursday at 11 in the morning at the Packing House Christian Fellowship in Redlands. Uh, more information will come out on the Hot Rod Bible Study website, that being www hotrodbiblestudy.com and if you haven't visited yet give it a shot there's some neat stuff on there so if you would join me in prayer please oh gracious heavenly father we thank you for the life of our friend tim we thank you lord that he's up there with you right now and no more pain no more tears nothing just praising you and being in your presence lord we thank you for that and lord we pray that you just send your peace upon the farmer family and everybody who uh, is uh, mourning the loss of our friend tim we pray this in jesus name amen okay like i said we are in uh, titus this evening Uh, beginning our study so if you uh, actually uh, give you a little rundown of what's going on there. Titus was a pastor on the island of Crete which is about 100 miles southeast of Greece uh, in the middle of the Mediterranean. Uh, This book was written approximately in 63, once again, not 1963, but 63, uh, by the Apostle Paul. Now you might be thinking to yourself, well, wait a minute, Willie, you told us that 2 Timothy, which we just studied, was the last letter that Paul wrote. Yep, that's true. Uh, it just shows to that the, uh, the Bible is not laid out chronologically. Uh, a great example of that is uh, the book of Job, which we uh, studied here a year or so ago. Uh, although it's the oldest book uh, written, figure, scholars figure, uh, it's 17th in line in the Old Testament. So anyway, just a little bit of, uh, hopefully it eases your mind on that. but titus uh, is a pastor again on the isle of crete once again the middle of the well in the mediterranean now the isle of crete uh was uh, fairly prosperous at this time which led to people li- living an excessive lifestyle and uh, so paul is writing this letter to, to help Titus cope with this. As a matter of fact, you'll, you'll like this. Here's a, here's a quote from a Greek poet, Epimendes, uh, who himself was a native of Crete, wrote this Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttonous. How about that? <laughs> a guy that was born and raised there, call him again, evil beasts lazy gluttons, liars. Okay, so you can have an idea of the culture of the island Crete at the time. Um, It seems that uh, Paul established the church in Crete sometime after his first uh, imprisonment in Rome. Uh, We get this because it's not mentioned in the book of Acts. Okay, which pretty much ended up with Paul being sent off to Rome his first time. Okay, so now we get an idea what's going on here and why Paul is writing this, this, this letter, where it says, beginning at verse one, Paul, a bond servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, In hope of eternal life with God who cannot lie promised before time began but has in due time manifested his word through preaching which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior to Titus a true son in our common faith grace mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. For this reason, I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I have commanded you. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children not accused of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God. Not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he might be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. This, is a tes- this testimony is true, hmm. therefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to the Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled they profess to know God but in works they deny him being abominable disobedient and disqualified for every good work let's stop right there and let's pray again (laughs) gracious heavenly father again we come before you thanking you for the opportunity to study your word thanking you for your word that we have the opportunity to study thanking you for your presence here among us and lord Open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears to your word, and once again, Lord, as always, keep me out of the way. And we pray this in Jesus' most holy name, Amen. All right, here we go. Titus chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. A bondservant, a slave of God, a lowly, the lowliest position that you could be, a bondservant by choice, okay? A slave by choice and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Remember an apostle means that he's sent out. An apostle of Jesus Christ, he's sent out to preach Christ. Yeah, I always like that, the uh, quote, of uh, St. Francis of Assisi who says, preach Christ, and if you must, use words. (laughs) Well, that whole thing means the only way that people can know the gospel message is for it to be preached. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting that. But what I am saying is that people read us, and we'll get into that a little bit later here. Okay. Uh, According to the faith of God's elect. God's chosen, and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness, the truth. Okay, that's something that has been kind of argued about in recent, well, probably in the last 50 years. What's truth? Well, that's your truth. It's not true for me. That may be true for you, but it's not true for me. Truth is something that is absolutely separate, separate from you, separate from me, something that is absolutely a truth, not dependent upon your opinion of it, such as gravity is true. The law of gravity, we all can say. I pick this thing up and I let go right now. It's going to hit the deck. I don't want to do that because it's got nice cold water in it, which I need to drink of. But that's what would happen. Okay, the Bible, the gospel is true, De- not it does not depend upon your opinion it is separate from you separate from your opinion so here it is God's elect and the acknowledgement of truth which accords with godliness verse 2 in hope of eternal life which God who cannot lie God cannot lie he is incapable of deceit unlike the other guy unlike Satan who is the what father of all lies who is more than capable of deceit he is the one that makes people have an idea that what we're studying here is a bunch of baloney okay that's not truth that is a lie that is deceit god is not capable of deceiving okay and he promised before time began okay here it is numbers 23 Verse 19, where it says here, God is not man that he should lie, nor son of man that he should repent. He has said, wait a minute, has he said? And he will not do? Or has he spoken? And will he not make it good? Okay, God is incapable of deceiving. Okay, before time began, Verse three, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the command of God, our savior. Manifested, once again, has shown his word through the preaching, right? And through the commandment of God, our savior, not through man, okay? Paul was not appointed by man. He did not have a call on his life by someone other than God. Those who preach the gospel in its purity have a call on their life from God, not from man. He's pointing this out. And right now, Paul is, is giving his, his uh, credentials, his bona fides. He's saying whom he is. Now, he doesn't necessarily need to do this for Titus's benefit why well Titus has been along on his missionary journeys Titus was there when Paul established the church here in Crete so this is really more for our benefit for all those who are to read this letter which this letter when he when Paul wrote it when pardon me when God used the pen of Paul to write this okay was meant be sent out and have more people than just Titus read it for our benefit isn't that great we have this here (laughs) we have the whole Bible in front of us okay so he is saying this again not for Titus's benefit for our benefit as well says verse 4 to Titus a true son in our common faith here is what Spurgeon has to say about Titus He seems to have been a man of great common sense, so that when Paul had anything difficult to be done, he sent Titus. When the collection was to be made at Corinth on behalf of the poor saints in Jerusalem, Paul sent Titus to stir the members up and with him another brother to take charge of the contributions. Okay, I like that. Titus was a man of common sense and Paul could depend upon him so this is this is it he's saying okay you're a true son in our common faith and then he gives this greeting grace mercy and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior we learned Last week, well, last, pardon me, in the last study, in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, in the letters written to Timothy, that Paul added this mercy to the. He would generally, on his letters, write, when there's an open letter to a church, would say, grace and peace. Once again, the Christian deal of grace, the grace of Jesus Christ, peace, the Jewish end, shalom, remember? Paul was raised Jewish, okay so he used that, but he adds mercy to the ones that he's writing to the pastors. Now, if you were with us for that, when I explained that Spurgeon said something about the fact that, you know what, all of you can have all the grace, all the grace and peace I'll take the mercy and you wonder why that is he says because if I fail in my preaching the word it has more of an effect on a lot more people than just myself so I need this mercy so I can't do this uh, another one here Martin Luther you may have heard of him uh, wrote this this is his sacristy prayer which runs right along on the same line it says here Lord God you have appointed me as a bishop and pastor in your church, but you see how unsuited I am to meet so great and difficult a task. If I had lacked your help, I would have ruined everything long ago. Therefore, I call upon you. I wish to vote to devote my mouth and my heart to you. I shall teach the people. I myself will learn and ponder diligently upon your word. Use me as your instrument, but do not forsake me. For if I ever should be on my own, I would easily wreck it all. I think all the pastors that I know of that have had a profound effect, all would agree with that 100% look I am absolutely incapable of this Lord without your help this is what what Paul is saying here too okay now go on verse 5 for this reason I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking Straighten things out, would you? (laughs) Straighten these things out, would you, Titus? These people, once again, what are they? They're considered to be liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons, okay. So it says this deal, he says, and appoint elders in every city, which was not a small job because there were a number of cities in Crete at this time. He says, as I commanded you. Now here he comes up with some qualifications verse six if a man is blameless blameless not sinless remember in back if you were with us for the study on job that back in job chapter one verse eight god saying to satan hey consider my servant job who is a blameless and upright man who fears god and shuns evil okay didn't say that job was sinless so, okay, this is not sinless. It's blameless in the sight of others, okay? It is to be the husband of one wife, having faithful children not accused of dispensation. <sighs> keep trying to say dispensation. No, it's dis dissipation. Okay, dissipation. The Greek word is a soitia. Okay. At a sota asotia there you go takes me about four or five. it's greek to me asotia it is the same word used in Luke 15 verse 13 for riotous living of the prodigal son okay the man who is a sotis is incapable of saving he is wasteful and extravagant and pours out his substance on personal pleasure he destroys his substance and in the end ruins himself so it can't be that way can't be uh, have this dissipation or insubordination okay what is insubordination that is a a willful disobedience to lawful authority those of you who are in the service know exactly what insubordination is verse 7 for a bishop must be blameless, there's that word again, again, not sinless. A bishop, that's somebody who is in leadership, okay? As a steward of God, not self-willed, which means not selfish, not quick-tempered, I don't think that needs any explanation, not given to wine, don't be a drunk, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, which means, being able to think clearly, okay, just, holy. What does holy mean? Holy means set apart, to be set apart from a sinful world, okay? Self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine, sound doctrine. Okay, we're gonna go back because i'm going to do this one more time second timothy 3 verse 16 says all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of god may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work okay sound doctrine that's what what paul has been continuing to say to us and using this to both what exhort and convict those who contradict the false teachers that Paul is talking about here. It seems like in every letter that Paul writes to a church or to a pastor, he has to speak of the false teachers. Huh. It seems to me that that's something we need to pay attention to. We need to pay attention to what Paul has to say is sound doctrine as opposed to false teachers now again this is a tough list of qualifications It says you have to be an elder which means you need to be a bit more grown-up I have to say that there was there's more than one qualification in here that would have excluded me from the pastoral ministry when I was younger case in point <laughs> I'll only tell you about one uh, when uh, Great friend of mine came to work for me 35 years ago. Yes, I was younger then. Uh, Somebody asked him, well, what about Willie's temper? And his reply was, oh, to heck with Willie. He's a jerk. Now, I clean that up considerably, okay? When he told me that was his reply to whomever asked him that question, I had to say, yeah, I guess that's fair. Quick-tempered. I, by the grace of God, am no longer quick-tempered. Am I an emotional man? I guess you probably already know that, especially those who know me well. But I am no longer quick-tempered by the grace of God and by time. Has to be somebody older, not somebody who is youthful, ready for all these things. And again, this is a tough list of qualifications. And this is what we as people of church, which means christians not a building it's what we need to to be certain of that that's what's going on with the elders are they are they sinless no blameless okay going on to verse 10 for there are many here's the word again insubordinate both idle talkers i like that idle talkers saying a lot well Moving their lips a lot, but not saying a thing. I think we all know of people like that. Okay? And deceivers. Okay? Remember, God is incapable of deceit. Satan is the father of all lies. Especially those of the circumcision, the Judaizers, those who would come in and say, boy, you know, it's really great that that you know Jesus is the Messiah. But for you to really be saved, you need to follow all these dietary laws. Guys, you need to run down and get modified. There's all these different festivals that you need to uh, be certain to celebrate. Baloney. It's all based on yours and my belief In Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior surrender to him okay verse 11 talking about those of the circumcision whose mouths must be stopped who subvert whole households teaching things they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain think about this for a bit we um, see Jesus when he's talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders and rulers in Jerusalem, right? Okay. Again, I have to say this, for those of you who are against organized religion, you have somebody right on your side by the name of Jesus Christ. He was against organized religion as well. Given all these guys with the, um, uh, oh, there it is. You know, it, it's tough getting old and having these blank spots. Um, having the uh, traditions, there it is. Putting the traditions of man ahead of a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a relationship, it is not a religion, okay. But here it is, those guys, why were they upset with Jesus? They're upset with Jesus because he was horning in on their good deal because he was saying, hey, you, guess what? Believe in me. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And the people were following Jesus and saying, hey, what's going on with these other religious leaders that we're not doing all the stuff that we ought to be doing? Okay, that's the deal. Stay clear. Because they want dishonest gain. Why? (laughs) Those guys, you know, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they wore all the finest stuff. Why? Temple tax. You know, they they, uh, they weren't doing so bad. And again, they were upset with Jesus for horning in on their deal. Verse 12, one of them, a prophet of their own. And here's that quote one more time. You're probably going to get tired of this. Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. <clears throat> Verse 13, this testimony is true. Ha! <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, Paul saying, "Yeah, what this guy's saying about it, this isn't a bunch of baloney. This is what's actually going on." It says therefore, rebuke them sharply. Rebuke them sharply. Hmm. Means that they're hard-headed Cretans. It means that they're knuckleheads, like most of us are at one time or another, or were, especially those of us before we submitted to Christ Jesus. Knuckleheads, stubborn. Okay that they should be sound in the faith. Rebuke them sharply that they should be sound in the faith. Not giving heed, again, here it is, Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. Again, uh, trying to add more to the gospel. Again, you got to run down, you got to get modified. You can't eat this. You can't eat that. Oh, you better, uh, uh, baloney. Okay. Verse 15, to the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. Okay, here's what G. Campbell Morgan has to say about that one. The all things refers to everything which is non-moral, such as, Appetite and food. Oh, those dietary laws, right? Desire and marriage. Hmm. Okay. You know what? For you to be a priest, you can't be married. Doesn't say it in here. Exchange and commerce, weariness and recreation, and so on through all the very realm of life. To the pure, all things are pure, and they will be maintained in purity. To the impure, every one of them may be made the vehicle of in, oh, vehicle and occasion of impurity." So for those that are trying to throw those more rules on you, they see everything as being impure. Those of us who have the love of Christ in our hearts, who recognize that we are saved through Jesus Christ, okay, you know what? It's probably not a good idea to go out and eat uh, double-doubles every time that you have, well, every day or anything like that, but you're smart enough to know that. But it doesn't mean that you're gonna go to hell because of it, okay? It's being, you're using your head for something besides a hat rack that keeps you from doing that, but it's not going to increase your position in heaven or decrease it by what you're doing with that. It all is based on your faith, in Jesus Christ. Bingo. Okay, Verse 16. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and, disqual- and disqualified for every good work. What did 2 Timothy 3.16 say to us about being qualified for every good work i'm going to read again all scripture is given by inspiration of god and profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction and righteousness that the man of god may be complete and what thoroughly equipped for every good work not disqualified so here we have our friend paul our hero paul writing in Titus to tell him, okay, I know what's going on here. You know what's going on here. You're a pretty bright guy. You have common sense. This is what we need to be sure to take care of because it's, it's infiltrating the church. Can't have that happen. Okay, same thing he says to us. We can't have people coming up and adding more rules or having, you have to, again, Jesus did not say to the thief on the Christ, have you been baptized? Do you have your membership card? What are your thoughts on communion? What are your thoughts on this? No. He knew that the thief surrendered his life. And Jesus said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. Wow. You know that, That's just too much. That is mind-blowing that the creator of the universe would pay the price for my sin, your sin, all our sin, All we have to do is submit. And it's my prayer that those of you who are listening to this who have yet to submit, just to do that, you don't have to pray any specific prayer. Just say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I submit to you. Come into my heart. Change me. I need you. And with that, I'd like to close with a blessing. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.